Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today's topic is better franchise decisions from better information. Uh, Fran Data, your your resource. It's it's a topic that's uh, growing of interest and influence. And I think there's a lot of information here that anyone in the franchise area, either in it or contemplating it, um, should really um, have a good understanding of. So that's why I'm delighted today to have uh, uh, one of the, um, the more well-known people in the franchise space, um, someone that uh, I find quite inspiring, a steadying influence, a lot of resources, and I'm sure you'll have quite a few notes. So as always, have your pen and paper ready, because I guarantee you'll need to take some notes. And just a reminder that Franchise Simply members, uh, this radio show will join the other 80-odd in our members' vault shortly, so you can access it there. Um, so today, Darren McCauliffe has, has joined me. He's the CEO of Frandata Australia. He's got over 30 years' experience in the banking and finance area. He's well qualified as a CPA and a CFE, and he's experienced former bank executive across business banking, risk management, the franchise industry was specialised in, and Fran Data itself has been supplying independent and incredible information to support key franchise decisions for more than, well, for close to 30 years. Um, and it operates um, the Australian Franchise Registry. Um, Darren, uh, hi, thank you very much for joining us. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you, Brian. Please, very pleased to uh, to be with you. Now, I've got a list of questions here, which I'm, I hope won't challenge you too much, but uh, please, please, please uh, let's go through the process. And I'm very happy for you to go off track a little bit if you feel there's things that would be of benefit to our listeners. Um, so the first question, of course, is to position Fran Data. Uh, how, how long has it been operating, actually? And um, just what, what do, what, who is Fran Data? What do they do? Yeah, thanks, Brian. And, uh, and as, you, as you mentioned, uh, we've been going nearly 30 years in the U.S. now. I think next year is the 30-year uh, anniversary, but uh, probably more relevant to your Australian listeners is we're actually just ticked over five years in Australia. So uh, time goes quick and information's grown quickly. And uh, what we've, I guess our main um, three sort of lines of um, operation, if you'd like, is we run a voluntary franchise registry, as we do in the US. Um, that's a platform for transparency. We can perhaps touch on that in a bit more detail later. Uh, lending services, um, that's really grown over the last couple of years. There's a few initiatives that we've got out um, and we do a lot of work with the lenders now, uh, closing the information gap from them. We've got a growing research and advisory uh, business as well, um, Brian, which is really on the back of that growing information base and, uh, and, and a need. Um, we've evidenced for a lot of Australian brands that are interested in overseas trends and information to uh, kind of map over the top of what their, their thoughts and strategies are here. Right, okay. So, so 30 years is a long time. Obviously, that business would have evolved. I mean, it was up and running literally, well, for the beginning of the internet almost. So so uh, things must have changed a lot. Uh, what, what was the inspiration behind it? How did it start? And I suppose what's the profile of Frandata today in the US, for example? It was actually started by a lawyer. Right in the early days, actually saving disclosure documents as a as a service to people, um, and they and they from that they grew to uh, to uh, gather more and more information on the sector. We've got fifty thousand disclosure documents now in our library in the US. Um, they're a little bit different uh, in terms of availability in the US. They can be publicly sourced from in fifteen of the fifty states, so we 
certainly get some out of freedom of information, but most brands just um, send them to us. Given the um, uh, there's eight thousand lenders that actually use the, um, the the registry over there to get their information. Um, the natural extension to that is uh, we've completed hundreds of bank credit reports and underwriting reports on different franchise brands. And again, as that information base grows, um, there's been an ongoing stream of research and advisory projects. There's a team of about 30 that operate out of um, Arlington, um, Arlington, Virginia, uh, the franchise business in the US. Well, that, that's a significant size business, so I can see why it's a very, very much recognised and referred to resource over there. So, obviously, growing here, you've done a lot. You've been very active. I've certainly seen you around the traps at franchising expos and lunches and dinners and Franchise Council of Australia events and so forth. And I know you're also um, on, involved with the Chamber in Queensland, for example. How many lenders? You mentioned that in the US was was it eight thousand lenders? Yeah, yeah. Is that, how many lenders uh, would you say um, there were in Australia, roughly? So, I mean, of course, everything has got to be taken in context. I mean, the US is about 13 times the market. So, um, certainly, there's not 8,000 franchise lenders here. And as we know, we're sort of still dominated by the four major banks, although there are certainly mm-hmm. some strong, strong second tier um, providers and specialist finances, and indeed some emerging uh, lenders as well. Um, so just on that on that lending side, but we also provide professional development to those lenders, and that sort of stemmed out of um, some of the uh, banks that were using our early reports um, on brands, saying, "Look, there's some really good stuff in here. Could you customise a training program for um, our new franchise lenders coming through? Um, oh. Save us sort of keeping up to date internally." So. Um, so we sort of created three half-day workshops for that. And over the last uh, 12 months, we've put more than 50 active franchise lenders through that program. And uh, so there's more more coming through. Um, and next week, in fact, in Sydney, we have a um, our third annual franchise lending summit. And they've sort of grown um, pretty significantly. So we've got senior risk people from most of the major banks uh, turn up at those and, and also the heads of franchising as they're sort of looking to... Uh, get stronger insights into how they design their portfolios and decide which brands um, they you know, are easier to do business with from their perspective and uh, give them an effective risk profile. So um, so the lending side is pretty strong part of the of the business and a, and a good service for uh, those brands that want to uh, promote improved finance access for their franchisees. So it sounds like if you're a lender, you need to be there. And if you're a prominent franchisor, you probably need to be there as well. Well, it certainly helps both sides, Brian. And I think yeah, the, yeah. you know, we, we continue to call out as a sector access to finance as a challenge, and, and it definitely is. Um, but the problem is we've got lenders that sort of one one side of the spectrum saying um, we're open for business, we want to lend money, um, and we like franchising. We recognise that well-run franchise brands have a good risk profile. They've got some data to sort of look at. And then we've got franchise brands sort of the other end of the spectrum saying, well, how come I can't get my franchisees financed? And um, the most significant thing that a franchise brand can do is to actually close that information gap for lenders. So there's a couple of simple things they can do, um, you know, simple tools that actually make lenders uh, a lot more comfortable um, when they're assessing a transaction on a case-by-case basis. And from that, sometimes I'll invite them into a formal lending program. But I think um, probably the mistake, if I could call it that, that a lot of franchisors make is they get a little um, obsessed with the accreditation. Uh, what they're probably better to do is 
to actually look at how they can actually build the relationship and make transactions easier case by case um, and then let the, let the accreditation um, sort of flow from that. Right, I'm with you. So um, just, just a question comes to mind, actually. Um, as we know here in 2018, the, the, the banking sector is in the spotlight, very much so, and there's obviously going to be some changes inevitably. Um, how do you see that evolving over the rest of this decade? I mean, as it draws to a close, um, funding has changed dramatically. How do you see it evolving? You mentioned about, you know, second period. <laughs> it's ironic. And so forth. Mm. Yeah, it, it's ironic, isn't it, Brian? We, um, the franchise sector uh, calling out the challenges of access to finance and then a Royal Commission coming over the top uh, challenging lenders on their lending practices, suggesting they're too liberal or not disciplined or not helping people. So um, you can understand as, as a sector we feel a bit nervous about where to from here. Um, talking to um, th these major banks, certainly... Um, they uh, continue to lift the benchmark um, for what they need and want. Um, they're getting much better uh, with their own internal information and data. So if a franchise brand has got a really good track record in terms of their loan quality and franchisors are really um, showing very good track record in terms of how they uh, get franchisees ready for success and then uh, support them while they're going along um, the, the journey, um, then those are pretty well received. And look, I'm not hearing um, particular, uh, there's certainly some brands that are called, raising some eyebrows and uh, are on watch, but uh, uh, you know, some of the larger lenders are actually uh, suggesting their portfolios that I think are in fairly good shape. So I think that the whole business, well, well the whole lending segment um, will sort of focus on policies and procedures. And you know, it's, it's interesting, some of the things they've been called out for doing the wrong thing have been the actions of individuals. Um, mm. And if you keep yeah. reading on, and you don't always get this in the media, but if you keep reading on, a lot of those major lenders have taken disciplinary action against the individuals involved, and they're often not there. So um, hopefully sort of common sense will prevail and uh, we won't uh, have too too much of a tightening bias on the, on the lending approach. Yeah, I think the problem is, you know, the general public and, and people in business aren't necessarily educated with the reality. So when when the, the journalists particularly and, and the commissions focus in down a tunnel, they look at the micro picture. Uh, okay, there may be quite a lot of cases, but nevertheless, as you say, it's not actually as broad as one would think from reading the press and, and watching the television shows and so forth. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a matter well, you're of... Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, if we've got 80,000 um, franchised units or or maybe 70,000, hard to know the exact number, but um, that's a lot of businesses. Um, so mm. it's not hard to find um, perhaps hundreds of, uh, you know, of individual businesses that have, uh, you know, faced pressure financially or operationally. Um, it's unfortunate that we, we don't see much coverage of uh, franchisees that are doing it well or brands that are doing it well. It's very, very focused on, um, uh, you know, the minority poor outcomes, which are tragic, you know, for business business failure, and it happens in all small businesses, is tragic. Um, and that's what franchising is, small business. So hopefully you've got a better chance, well, I'm confident you have a better chance of success, but it's not guaranteed, of course. Well, look, it's this changing, this changing scenario in funding and finance generally was why I approached you about interviewing you again, because we did chat about four or five years ago. So um, things obviously keep rolling on. 
And I think that's why it's important that anyone in the sector um, becomes franchisors and franchisees um, become more aware of the changing lending market. Because as you say, there's a lot of new players in the market. So really, tw 20 years or 25 years, I suppose, overall, if you look at it, um, the background that you have in, in, um, in banking, um, what, why did you change into Prandata? You obviously were well established in your career in the bank. Yeah. Well, yes, I was well established in the career, but as a lot of people lament, they keep getting changed bank managers and that sort of goes all the way up the line in banks. So you don't generally spend too long in the one role. And uh, I had uh, the great privilege of four years running a major bank's franchising strategy and uh, was getting harder and harder to stay in that role. There was uh, opportunities in pushing me elsewhere and I really enjoyed franchising. Uh, great cross-section of uh, industries, great cross-section of people and, uh, you know, great success stories and entrepreneurial spirit coming through and a uh, big part big part of the economy. So for me, it was a bit of a question of, you know, do at, at that stage of my career, that stage of my life, um, do you want to stick with something you really enjoy? Uh, and the answer was yes. And as much as I enjoyed um, that time um, in the banking side of things, there were certainly frustrations in terms of the information gap we had with franchising, and you noticed there was a lot of franchise brands that um, very well, um, you know, great values, well behaved, um, but as a lender sort of term, um, great things they were trying to achieve, but couldn't always communicate that effectively to lenders. Um, so it was good to be able to, I guess, um, I guess maintain those skills and relationships from the lending background, but perhaps uh, help franchisors to actually communicate their story um, independently and objectively, but probably more importantly, Brian, in a, in a language that lenders understand and trust. Um, so there's a lot of information sometimes that franchise brands give lenders, which is really um, nice to know type of thing. And there are key points that are critical to how they actually decide who is a good brand to deal with. Um, and, and what their appetite is to look at uh, transactions on a case-by-case -case basis to start initially. So really in, in a bit of a long answer to your question there, but um, really uh, yeah, great career in, in banking, but uh, unfortunately, like probably a lot of your listeners, franchising got in the blood and uh, <laughs> get it out. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll share that. Uh, okay, it's not such an uncommon disease. <laughs> um, okay, so... So during down into some of the things you mentioned earlier on in that conversation, um, the, th the three areas you mentioned with regards to Fran Data um, yeah. and the role you're playing currently um, in, in overcoming these challenges of, of access to finance in Australia, particularly, obviously. Yeah. So I think the first uh, one we mentioned was it was the Australian Franchise Registry, which is a voluntary registry. So it's modelled um, almost identically to what we've grown sort of over such a long period of time in the US. And that's probably our primary source of information um, on the sector. So it's been going four years now, Brian. When we last spoke, it probably hadn't been launched uh, for too long. Um, that's a pretty important um, step in closing that information gap. Just out of interest, we've now got um, close to uh, 200 brands, their disclosure documents and that covers about 20,000 units, so 20,000 outlets. So that's sort of 25% of the sector, so it's certainly um, well and truly material in terms of its coverage. Um, and the other thing the registry does is it, which has become really important in the last couple of years, 
this helps brands uh, promote their commitment to transparency. So um, it's a free publicly accessible search function on the registry. It's the franchise registry.com.au, pretty easy to remember. Um, so anyone can look at that and see if a particular brand is uh, registered as a franchise uh, with us. It's voluntary registration, of course, but uh, spied to by uh, people that, that sort of good public hygiene is important to. Let's them see that they've got up-to-date uh, disclosure document lodged, which is really important given the code changes and what have you that have come through. Um, and also it signals there's other tools available. So the lenders um, use the registry to uh, order reports on franchise brands. So they will uh, look up a particular brand. They will see there's lender information um, available. They'll click on that. Um, we go back to the brand that's provided it um, once they authorise it, noting they don't always want to give it to every lender. Um, they may have their favourites or they may have particular ones they, uh, uh, they don't want to deal with. Once they authorise it, we give the lender the information. We've got the audit trail um, and it's sort of provided in confidence to the particular lender. So that's sort of how the registry um, works. Look, there's other um, compliance initiatives and tools that are sort of being rolled out over the next um, over the next few months. So those that are sort of on it already will have a bit of a, uh, you know, just a faster run to getting those things signalled. And I think, you know, against the backdrop of some of the adverse media we've had, um, you know, quality brands are sort of uh, grabbing every opportunity they can to promote um, good practice. So that's on the registry side of it. Is there any other questions on that, or did you want me to talk uh, about the finance side? No, I think you've explained that very well. I can see from a credibility point of view, as, as well, you know, that transparency and so forth, and and the fact that it's yeah, it's, it's a, a voluntary and free service to launch your disclosure documents. It seems to be common sense that, that anyone would do that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so. so Sorry, carry on. So sorry, I'll just pick you up on the voluntary and free. Mm. It's certainly voluntary. Um, it's yeah. uh, registration's free for FCA members, um, oh, but okay. for other franchise brands, it's it's a dollar a day, so it's three hundred and sixty-five dollars a year. Um, so that's, uh, but it is a very low cost mechanism, uh, and and it is free for an FCA member, um, which of course right. roughly half the brands are anyway. Yeah, which so on that another another benefits for the FCA is what it comes yeah, down to, isn't yeah. it? So congratulations yeah, on getting that affiliation. Mm. Yeah, no thanks. And look, without um, sort of drawing too much on that, but it's part of our partnership alliance with the FCA, both sort of committed to uh, um, you know improving the profile and, and practices in franchising. That was a good way to do it. So the FCA have included that in their membership now. Um, it's probably a good segue too, Brian, into just that. I mentioned the finance access tools. Um, there's a couple of things we do there that are probably of interest. So um, a lot of brands are frustrated because it's only a certain dollar amount or a certain age of franchise, so five years, 50 outlets, minimum 250,000 business lending that seem to get a look in with the major lenders on their mm. accreditation programs. We've got a... Um, I guess we've got a, a tiered level of um, tools we provide there. So... Um, we recognise that if someone's a, even a new brand, uh, but particularly emerging brands, sometimes they're a lower capital cost um, to get into, so they're not going to meet that sort of minimum threshold for the segment the bank happens to have it in. Um, but they're saying, what more can we do to actually um, be transparent and give lenders the information they need to at least look at transactions case by case? So we've actually said, well, let's uh, respect and recognise the role of the lenders in this. 
someone independent objective that's close to the lenders, let's give a blue tick, a finance-ready tick for brands at any stage of their evolution that Frandata deems are doing what's reasonable to make it easier for lenders to assess their transactions. Now, that starts at a one-page um, summary of footprint and some key benchmarks and key contact points and things like that um, and goes all the way up to a full and comprehensive bank credit report. Now, the full and comprehensive bank credit report is really only applicable for brands that are going for full bank accreditation and going more than five years, more than 50 outlets. They've got a lot of data to populate that report. But for most mm. brands, they can actually get deemed to be finance ready with a fairly simple low cost tool. And that gives them the blue finance ready tick, uh, you know, as long as we sort of comfortable there's nothing underwater, it's reasonable to put our name behind that as well. Um, and they can use it on marketing collateral. And it's also signals to lenders that there's uh, at least basic information available from Frandata to help them. So that's probably the, you know, I guess the key message I'd give that no matter your size, no matter your age, no matter the entry cost to get in, there are things you can do as a franchisor to make life easier for lenders. That makes life easier for pers um, prospective uh, franchisees and existing franchisees. Look, and to my mind, that would involve the majority of franchise groups out there because the minimum of 50 um, and so forth, and the time parameters covers you know, below those thresholds is a very significant part of the marketplace. Um, yeah, no, indeed. I don't know. The, I don't know the percentage, but no doubt there are. Someone's had a had a had a, uh, a shot at that. But, uh, well, so if you're a smaller smaller operation, really, it's just something to get as a bit of a feather in your cap, and it does add to your uh, your marketability as well, and that presents well to prospective franchisees. And it sends a signal to lenders about your commitment to information and relationship. And one other, I guess, tip I could give is that a lot of franchise brands approach a lender and say, how do I get accredited? That kind of sounds to a lender like, um, I'm doing this for me. If you say, what more can I give you to make it easier? Look at transactions from my franchisees. That signals relationship intent and partnership. So... It's just a bit of a just a, a subtle change in the wording um, mm. can have a very different um, be heard very differently from a lender. I think that's something that everybody listening uh, is involved in finance or getting finance for franchisees or, or, or from their own point of view. That's worth listening to. Could you repeat that little qualification there again for yeah, me, Darren? Sure. So, so rather than ask how do I get accredited ask what more can I do to make it easier for you to lend to my franchisees? Uh, okay, yeah, it's all in the words, but I can see the inference there is significant. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that. I think that's a little gem we can take away. Um, so, uh, building on from that, you've you covered quite a lot of information, a good, good, good understanding of what you do and so forth, but perhaps stepping beyond it, is there more you'd like to add about the sort of custom research and reporting that you do at Frandata? Well, it, that really is customised, Brian, and it really is kind of on the information needs of the requester. So if we've written probably um, lending reports and different tools on probably 40, 50 brands now, and we've got hundreds of disclosure documents, now all that information is treated in a very um, with great care and respect. It's um, held confidentially and securely, but we can aggregate it to provide some meaningful insights. So people do look for... Um, information on that. So as simple as 
you know, what are the average costs to get into different systems or different industries? Um, mm. Some people have asked for um, uh, advice on what they need to do to get their brand um, more ready for, you know, to be more finance friendly. They might say, well, you know, how does this look through the eyes of a lender? What more can we do? We don't do the operational consultancy service. We'd rather, I guess, lay that off to people that concentrate on that. We're very much sort of the finance specific side of it. Um, the other thing we do a little bit is um, around the development and measurement of performance standards. So some of the things that come out in some of the more advanced reports we do for lenders on brands, um, sometimes very useful for emerging brands to say, well, um, can you give us some insights into those? Because even though we know that the major lenders won't look at us for an accreditation until we've been going at least five years, um, are there things we can be doing in year two or year three or 20 outlets or 30 outlets that are going to position us well? Um, once we mm. meet some of those hurdles. So it's a little bit of almost sort of consulting advisory work, if you like, around that space. Mm. Mm. Um, and the other thing that we've um, uh, sort of have sort of dropped fairly heavily into recently is a benchmarking um, side right. of which perhaps um, I might mention a bit, a bit later in the conversation. It's probably a bit more detail. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a natural area for you to flow into, I suppose, once you collect, start collecting the data, you've got the resources there and so forth. and you got a really strong sort of footprint here now. So um, yeah. uh, well, you, you mentioned the Franchise Council in Australia, the FCA. Yeah. Um, so obviously you, you're both servicing different aspects, I suppose, but I imagine there's a bit of overlap or, or, or conflict in your, view, in your views and what you do in relation to the, the FCA at all? It's, it's a great question, Brian, because a lot of people have said to us, well, why would I register when I'm already a member of the FCA? Um, yeah. So we've actually done a bit of work with the FCA just to get that messaging clear. So there's certainly no conflict, um, but very different different purposes, if you like. I mean, the FCA is uh, it's a, it's a membership um, body, a representative body, uh, lobbies, policymakers, um, like us, very keen for good outcomes for franchising and higher standards. Certainly, uh, the better the standards, the better the data, the easier it is to um, get what you want uh, for your members. Um, and just as importantly, sometimes to defend uh, accusations that um, or allegations that um, perhaps aren't well founded, a motive, and perhaps only reflect the minority. So, I guess the, the key difference is the FCA is a representative body. Um, and Fran Data collects information. So the information that we collect and how we can aggregate that data uh, can be very, very powerful to the FCA to support the submissions they make. And we do the same thing um, with the International Franchise Association in the US, where their major research partner, um, they rely very heavily on us um, for to cut and slice that information all sorts of ways um, because they've got the stakes are pretty high um, when they're trying to defeat legislation in, in individual states or, or uh, promoting franchising to other areas. So uh, that's the key the key difference. We collect information. And we're really proud of the um, the partnership arrangements we've got. The FCA they've got a new um, CEO in place, Mary Aldred, who certainly uh, um, is, is pretty dynamic and pretty visible, and uh, certainly committed to making a difference. So we really look forward to. Uh, um, you know, what sort of unfolds over the next couple of months there. And uh, she sort of um, brought us in the fold pretty well to work on a couple of strategic initiatives they're working on. So um, that's the, I guess, the, the piece of the FCA. Uh, proud partner and uh, a good 
um, you know, a good connection and complement to what they do. Right, that's that's great to know. So I mean, it all helps the whole the whole the whole sector. Uh, the more that people could work together, so that's a great a great indicator. So, um, you mentioned it's evolving. You know, you're doing your benchmarking. Um, what what are you currently working on beyond that? Perhaps is there anything else that may be of interest while we've got while, while people are listening? So I think probably um, that benchmarking is worth just uh, just expanding on a little bit. Um, uh, we've got. Yeah, we've we've had a, a lot of people come to us saying, look, how do we compare to others? And we've got a lot of data out of the disclosure documents on um, fees and uh, and footprints and unit numbers and things like that. That's useful. But it seems to be the, the real hot buttons are, you know, how do our franchisees look compared to other franchisees? How many support staff have we got, um, you know, in terms of what's our investment in that group? Um, what's the ratio to how many franchisees? Um, what are we doing with marketing? How much do we spend there? How do we treat this? How do we treat that? So we've created a um, it's a benchmarking project going on right right now, um, and we've got quite a few brands that have uh, signed up for that, um, and they've signed up because they want to get some comparative uh, information about how they rank compared to other brands. Uh, bearing in mind, we can't always say it's uh, you know in the bakery space or in the pizza space. It might be just in the food space, depending on how many in the sample. Because very, um, very obsessed with protecting the anonymity of any information provided. But brands are interested to be able to say to their franchisees, look, you know the average support ratio is you know in a study of this much is one to such and such. We're actually better than that. Um, or for their own information, they say, well, we're we're a little bit behind that. Um, we we might need to invest a bit more here. So we've got a survey um, that takes oh, probably 15, 20 minutes, I think, to complete. Um, that's been prepared um, on the basis of feedback from franchisors, um, and that is also to be complemented with uh, quarterly follow-ups over uh, over the next 12 months with um, as, as that information base grows and as we draw in more data from our uh, U.S. information base. So we come back to, I guess, the, the title of your, uh, your topic today, Brian, Be- better franchising decisions from better information. This is, I guess, us responding to um, uh, to franchisors saying what we really want more than anything is benchmarking on these things. Um, that helps us close the information gap, run our business better and communicate openly with our, our franchisees and make sure we're on track um, with, with good practice. Yeah, look, I mean, business across the board is going through a new generation and franchising is no different. There are a lot of established systems that have been there for a long time that probably need to look very closely and refresh, in fact, renew or replace a lot of the systems they have in place, whether it's operations manuals or their approach for understanding of finance. So this is all very pertinent. I think the benchmarking sounds like a a great tool. Um, I know when I was in the building industry, we used to share information amongst or the building contractors, for example, home builders. And it was a tremendous value to better give you an idea, as you say, if you're ahead or behind the curve. So you know yeah. perhaps where you should be reacting. Otherwise, you're in the dark, aren't you? So uh, that, that sounds really valuable. So um, I, I don't know if you've got any further questions you'd like to pose yourself or any comments to add. I've run out of my questions, uh, Darren, I have to say. I've got to <laughs> I must be just about over my 30-minute... 
I must have just got over <laughs> my 30-minute uh, quota as well, am I, Brian? No, extra time. This is you know, this, this time of World World Cups and playoffs. We're happy to give you a bit of extra time now. <laughs> Very good. Uh, no, no, I'm, look, I'm okay. The, the key, or just the key messages for us is, you know, delighted to support the sector. We think it's a time where... Uh, quality brands uh, want to be recognised for quality. Uh, we've got a couple of platforms that we've created that help them do that. Uh, we're introducing more sort of demand-led, um, if you like, from the franchise sector and some of the observers of it. So uh, there's two. There's probably two key things um, we could probably help probably a lot of your listeners with today, and that's actually um, being a bit more finance-friendly. Um, we've got a couple of tools for that. Um, and also the benchmarking if they want to uh, you know, have a really tight uh, uh, insight into where uh, where their brand is compared to the broader broader franchise sector and perhaps some of the overseas um, players as well. Right. Oh, thanks. It's been, it's been delightful talking to you again, Darren. Always enjoy the conversation. Really appreciate it. And uh, really grateful for you giving up your time. Um, yeah. And I'm sure everyone will join me in saying it, it's been a privilege having the opportunity to get to know you and getting some real insights to, to, from your words of wisdom. Um, so if people would like to learn a bit more, perhaps can you just repeat the, uh, the, the resources you've got and anything that may be available for, for our listeners sure. to take advantage of? Sure. So um, I'm happy for them to contact me direct, dmccauliffe at frandata.com.au. That's D-M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E at frandata.com.au. Um, or alternatively, if that's t- too much, just info at Fran Data. We've got uh, four or five in the team now, so uh, um, they will pick up on that inbox as well. Um, in-, in terms of, um, you know, for your listeners, we appreciate the opportunity to, you know, to help people in the sector and recognising, you said, you've probably got a number of emerging um, brands uh, probably in your audience as well. So both that basic lending tool and the benchmarking study is $1,250. But Brian, we would happily knock 500 off either of those tools um, for your listeners if they just mention uh, just mention the word Brian on the way through. If they want both, they might have to mention Brian and Keen. We can probably do both for them. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that so 500 dollars off each of those um, uh, for your your listeners. In, in terms of the benchmarking, well, there's I guess there's two time issues with both of them. Um, we've got a lending summit next week. We can we're going to give give the lenders a list um, of the brands that have uh, finance ready. Um, so if someone wants to move quick, they could they could uh, get on that list. Uh, and secondly, the benchmarking the first reports are actually out at the end of July 2018. So there's still a um, a window in the next week or so um, to get in the first cut of reports. Um, other than that, um, they can sort of jump on subsequent programs. But um, again, just email me direct and uh, happy to help out. Just uh, just get them to mention your name and uh, and I'll, I'll tie it back with, uh, with this session. Okay, excellent. Well, I really appreciate that. And as Darren alluded, I mean, these, these, uh, these radio shows have a long life. So if you're listening to this in 2020 or 2025, follow the information, get in touch with Darren and see see what's see what's current at that particular time because obviously it's an evolving business, evolving sector. And with Darren's keen eye and his passion for franchising, I'm sure we'll get a lot more really valuable information coming. So uh, thank you very much indeed again, Darren. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Um, so in, in closing, I suppose I'd say uh, this is Brian Keane for Franchise Simply signing off and just give Darren an opportunity to say cheerio as well. 
Yep, thanks for having me. Uh, a pleasure to talk to everyone. Let me know if, uh, if we can give you any more information or anything. Thank you, Brian. Lovely, thank you. And looking forward to being with you again when we interview our next guest at our next Franchise Radio Show.